Finally, Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show has come back. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund, returning after a two-month hiatus with a kind of a random uh, reaction to AEW Full Gear. Decided this weekend, I'm like, let's bring back the show. Show I ne- I never said I was going to stop the show ever. I just took a little bit of a break from the show. J.O. hopefully will be back soon. This was more of an unplanned episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show, so decided to ride solo on this one. Hope to have J.O. back for more episodes in the future, but AEW Full Gear. It's a little bit of a late of a reaction to it, but still... I wanted to give my thoughts on it and just kind of put that out in the air because over the past few months, I've kind of not been paying attention to wrestling as much watching it. I've been paying attention to it. It's just more so of not watching it live. Excuse me. I've been fighting this cold for like a month now, but it's been about a month, a few months that I've kind of tuned out to wrestling for the most part, at least broadcast wise, like not watching dynamite at the normal eight, seven central time, eight, seven Eastern time, Eastern central time, whatever, you know what you get it. Haven't been tuning into that as much. I've been like paying attention to what's going on, but this certainly brought me back in. After what was a very controversial last pay-per-view with All Out with the media scrum, post the big blow-up backstage with CM Punk, the Bucks, Kenny Omega, A. Steel, all that jazz. This was the first pay-per-view after that. And boy, man, it almost... A lot of people said online on Twitter that... Twitter and all the uh, other social media uh, platforms that... This was like a return to form for AEW. It felt like the old AEW return once again. And I, I think I, I felt that. I think I felt that here because this pay-per-view had a bit of a different feel. And I don't know, it just felt like an AEW show. And uh, I just want to go over the whole card, the mini-match card. Uh, spanned almost Spanned over five hours this weekend, but... First, we started off with the uh, 10-man tag, the factory, QT Marshall, Cole Carter, Lee Johnson, (laughs) excuse me, Aaron Solo, and Nick Camarado versus best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, Rocky Romero, Orange Cassidy, and then a mystery partner, which would later be revealed to be Dan Housen. And uh, it was was a fun match. And I I have to say this, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta are the definition, pure definition of consistent. Like, uh, you're not going to get a bad performance out of them hardly ever. And I, you didn't get one here. You got an, an evil Danhausen, not the very nice one. You got the very evil Danhausen putting teeth in Nick Camarado's mouth, super kicking him out. He was, Danhausen caught fire as they brought him out late. Danhausen came out later in the match on this, uh, zero hour show, the pre-show. And, uh, yeah, it was the... Pump kick to Camarado that got the win for the best friends, Rocky Romero and Orange Cassidy, along with Dan Housen. A lot of fun, harmless fun. I, I like this opener to the uh, the 
kick off the, not the buy-in anymore, it was the zero hour of the show, which I think is a term that was used for Ring of Honor, possibly back in the day for their uh, pre-shows, but but uh, thought it was very fun. I liked seeing Danhausen get some retribution because they showed, because uh, Danhausen got pile-driven onto the steps by QT Marshall like a month or so ago, or at least a few weeks ago. So that was a good payoff to that as well. And then we got uh, Takeshita, one of the uh, most sought-after guys, I think, in the world right now because, man, he had some great matches back in the day. And now he's all elite. He is signed with all elite wrestling, Kanosuke Takeshita. And if you haven't already checked his stuff out, you got to go check stuff out, whether it's TDT Pro or on the American side with uh, his matches with Hangman Adam Page, John Moxley, Cl- Moxley Cl- Claudio Castagnoli, and it, it was just, he's had some great matches, and I think this was well-deserved for him. He uh, got interviewed by Renee during the, the uh, zero-hour portion of the show. Really liked that. Uh, Brian Cage with Prince Nana, Prince Nana, uh, taking on Ricky Starks in a world title, title eliminator semifinal. That match would lead on to, uh, that winner of this match would face uh, all-ego Ethan Page in the final coming up this uh, coming week on AEW Dynamite. But uh, it's nice to see uh, Brian Cage back to uh, wrestling more regularly. Um, Ricky Starks incredibly over and... Starks defeated Archer on his way to the uh, semifinal, and Cage defeated Dante Martin. Um, they uh, told a good story here. Um, Starks getting worked over. He had an injury coming into this match, and uh, Cage took advantage of it. And uh, eventually, Starks got the win after uh, Cage missed a big elbow drop from the top, hitting uh, Rochambeau to get the cover. After actually, after a Weapon X was countered too, he uh actually, it, actually I got I got to go over the sequence. The finishing sequence was nuts because it was a Weapon X. After so after Starks got Rochambeau countered, Weapon X Cage goes for that got countered into a Destroyer by Starks, followed by Rochambeau to give Starks the win and move on to the final airing uh, this week on Dynamite. Ego all ego Ethan Page versus Absolute. Ricky Starks. I thought the chemistry of this match was a little bit off to start, but things uh, really picked up late. That finish was was top-tier stuff. And uh, Starks, Starks, dang, he's going to be good. I think it's going to be Starks taking on the new world champion coming up after uh, this uh, this pay-per-view, after this uh, week, uh, this Wednesday. So it's going to be an interesting Interesting matchup. Well, it could go. You could go either way, really, with uh, the story they're telling with um, MJF and the firm and all that. But uh, still, another enjoyable match on the pre-show. Uh, the zero hour, the main event of the zero hour was uh, Eddie Kingston versus June Akiyama. Akiyama and uh, Takeshita beat Eddie Kingston and uh, Ortiz on uh, AEW Rampage Friday night, and uh, Kingston demanded a match. He demanded a match with uh, 
Akiyama on the uh, for the show. And boy, did we get a good match because Khan gave Tony Khan gave us our wish and gave Eddie Kingston his wish, more importantly. And that led to the dream match. And these guys, as you can expect, uh, they beat the crap out of each other. It was it was Eddie Kingston. This is the match he's always wanted. He always wanted this match. I remember seeing a TikTok or something of Moxley referencing that. Kingston wanted to fa- wants to face Akiyama. He wants to face Akiyama. Got his wish here. And uh, very physical, very fun match. And it, you could just tell Eddie Kingston was just incredibly emotional. He was incredibly emotional because this is the guy, he's wanted this match for over 20 years. Uh, I think he referenced like when he started watching wrestling in like 99 or... I don't know if he started watching wrestling in 99, whatever. But, like, this is what, like, him watching one of his matches inspired him. And, uh, there was a little bit of, uh, excessive finishers in this match. But, you know what? That's fine. That's fine. It happened, it happened quite a few times during this show, but, during the whole entire pay-per-view, but it was great. There was just it was just a physical, hard fought, strong style sort of match, and uh, Akiyama late late in the match goes for an expl- second exploder. Kingston elbows his way out and hits a DDT. He hits the Uriken, the spinning back fist. Akiyama kicks out. Kingston screams in Akiyama's face. Akiyama counters the uh, Uriken and hits the Explorer, followed up with a running knee. And that's with the knee exposed for a near fall. And then Akiyama gets countered again. Kingston hits a Northern Lights bomb for a near fall, which was it was looked pretty dang cool. Um, Kingston lowers the straps. Eddie, big Eddie chance in the crowd. Akiyama slowed his feet. Kingston hits the Uruk again to get the win. And then Kingston, he's overcome with emotion after this. Uh, bows to Akiyama, showing respect. Um, Akiyama returns the favor, and they shake hands. And... Uh, Exchange a hug as well. Like they said, this was just a hard-hitting affair, as expected. And uh, Eddie Kingston has earned this moment. That dude... (coughs) (coughs) Gotta get a drink of water. That dude's grinded for so long, he's gotta get an opportunity. It it, it just had to, and he deserved this. And he's gone through a lot over the last few months and uh, controversy and all, but... Great, great match, closing out the uh, Zero Hour show, which led to us starting the main show, which began with blood. Blood and guts. Not the blood and guts match, but a steel cage match between Jungle Boy Jack Perry and Luchasaurus with Christian Cage. Uh, Jungle Boy was wearing uh, some Shawn Michaels-inspired tights. He said that right later in the uh, post uh, pay-per-view media scrum, which I, I thought I was I was thinking as I was watching the show, I was like, okay, I think those are Shawn Michaels inspired, but I think they were inspired due to the uh, Hell in a Cell match he had, uh, the first ever Hell in a Cell match, which was uh, one of uh, Jungle Boy's favorite matches. But Jungle Boy bumped his butt off in this match. He bumped off bumped his butt off for sure. Blood quite a bit. Uh, Luchasaurus, man, physical, physical, physical guy. Uh, I liked how they got Christian out of the picture fairly quickly. 
and uh, it, w- it went a little bit excessive, like I said. Like the this is just kind of a recurring theme during the pay per view, but I gotta take it. I gotta take it because the wrestling on this show overall, boy, 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 it was fantastic. And this was this was a uh, pretty dang good as well. Once they got one on one, and they were outside of the cage for a little bit, but eventually got back into the cage. And uh, we got tables, we got chairs, we got all that involved into this. And uh, Jungle Boy actually hits a kill switch at one point onto a chair. Um, uh, Avalanche sliced bread. Uh, They do both sit up. And uh, as we continue, um, Luchasaurus gets goozled by Jungle Boy at one point and then gets punched down to his knees. Late into the match, Luchasaurus flips over a table, hits a tombstone, and follows up with a tombstone face buster. Um, Jungle Boy is just showing off his resilience. That was the story here. Jungle Boy was going to get some kind of retribution here because he's been put through hell by Christian and Luchasaurus over the past few months. And uh, Luchasaurus sets sets up. Jungle Boy sets Luchasaurus up on the table at the end and uh, hits him with the chair, heads to the top of the cage, dives off with the elbow drop, putting Luchasaurus through the table, locks in the snare trap to force Luchasaurus to tap as he's bleeding internally. You can see it coming out of his mouth, and they get to win. They get to win. Lucha, uh, not they get to win. Jungle Boy gets to win. Uh, it was a pretty fun match, I gotta say. It was a very good way to open the pay-per-view. Gets the retribution he needs. And uh, showed us some great resilience. Taking uh, Luchasaurus' best shots and coming back to get the win after paying off that. After what happened that all-out a few months ago where he got squashed by Christian due to Christian's injury, of course. But at least they got to pay off that angle. We'll see if that's the end of that. Hopefully it is. Up next... World Trios Tag Title Match. Death Triangle, Ray Phoenix, Ray Phoenix, Pack, and Penta El Cero defending their trios titles against the Elite, the inaugural champions that got the title stripped immediately after All Out. This is their return match. After being gone for over two months, Kenny Omega, Matt, and Nick Jackson return. They come out. I can't imagine how expensive this was to get the rights to this song, but they came out to Carry On My Wayward Son by Kansas, and boy, did they get an ovation. This ovation was huge. And what? And you're going to like this match or you're going to hate this match because with these six guys, you know what to expect. And yet Rick Knox is the official, so that's uh, just uh, this kind of proves my point. I liked it. I had a lot of fun with it, and I love the result we got at the end of it because it was not the expected result, as uh, sometimes AEW is criticized for is going with the uh, very obvious results. But I got to give them credit here; they went with a little bit of a surprise at one surprise here with the uh, Young Bucks and uh, Kenny Omega losing here, but. It does protect the elite and the fact that Ray Fenix used the hammer that Pac has been using over the past few months. At one point, Ray Fenix was not going to use it, use it on 
Kenny. He was just like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. He's refused to use it over the past few months, or at least last couple of months. And it came to a point in the match. There was a fever pitch. It was Omega was hitting the V trigger on him, so he handed Phoenix the uh, hammer, and uh, Kenny was lining up for the one winged angel, and Phoenix hits him with the hammer. And rolls him up and gets the win. This match, like I said, you're going to hate it or you're going to love it. Spot fest, high energy, lots of offense, not a lot of following of the tag rules, we'll say. Rick Knox was the official, as I said already. But Nick Jackson caught fire. There was a lot of great exchanges early between the six competitors, Omega and Pac, Fenix and Nick. And Matt and Penta, they all had great exchanges. And a um, whole lot of fun here. They actually doubled. There was a triple tombstone by the Death Triangle on the Elite. That was a pretty cool spot. And it's just like a lot of frantic offense. whole lot of fun. And I like that they went with the not obvious result, which, in, which the result ultimately sets up a seven-match series for the AEW World Trios titles match. World's Trio's titles, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, but it's going to be interesting how they differentiate each match because they, you know they get into spot fest quite a, quite a bit, but you know what? They're enjoyable matches. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there for one of them as well as Jo. We're all going to be. We're both going to be there for uh, one of the seven matches that are possibly going to take place in this uh, seven match series, which will culminate in California. So, they're teasing a little something-something there, but this is a very exciting match. I love this. I love the finish. Not, it might, may not be for everybody. I just like that they didn't go with the obvious result. And uh, I like the story they told with Fenix. It's like, okay, he finally gave in to the peer pressure of using the hammer because he was going to have, it's like, we, I have to use this or we're going to lose the, the trio's titles. And he did. So... Moving on to the TBS Championship match. Uh, Nyla Rose, the uh, so-called TBS champion, the self-entitled, self-named TBS champion, taking on Jade Cargill with the baddies. Nyla comes out with a lowrider with Vicky and Toe wearing a I'm Your Mommy t-shirt. Jade, 41-0 coming into this match. Jade is dressed up as a Thundercat. And... uh, Jade's gear was very cheeky, to say the least, but uh, this match was not the best one. I think it was the weakest match of the card, but you know what? It was still all right. It it, it got to what they needed to do. They got the title back to Jade. Not really title back to Jade. Jade never lost the title, but they got it back to her in her rightful possession. The finish wasn't bad. They actually... Tried to use uh, each other's finishers at one point. Um, they did actually use each other's finishers, which there is a lot of finisher theft on this pay-per-view, too. Uh, Jade hit a power bomb on Nyla, which is Nyla's beast bomb. Uh, Jade actually got hit with her own finishing move, Jaded, for a close near fall. And then Nyla misses a swanton pump kick to Nyla. Jade hits Jaded on Nyla to move to 42-0 and retain her TBS title. And uh, it wasn't for me, but it got the job done. It was a little clunky. 
Um, two didn't mesh all that well, but it was a cool-off match because you're coming off the Steel Cage match and the uh, World Trios title match, so you kind of had you kind of expected there to be a little bit of a, a cool-off at this point. And uh, this was... The, the, the difficult part about this match was it was a heel-versus-heel match. And it's it's pretty difficult to get a heel-versus-heel match to work. It, in any company or any time period, it's kind of hard to get the, have those work. It has to be special circumstances to really make it work. But uh, this next match certainly worked. One of my favorite matches of the night, the uh, Ring of Honor title four-way, Ring of Honor World Championship four-way, Brian Danielson, Claudio Casagnoli, Sammy Guevara taking on, all taking on Chris Jericho, the Ocho, the current Ring of Honor <laughs> World Champion. Excuse me. And uh, it's the Blackpool Combat Club taking on the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society. So each, each faction's got two members involved in this match and this was a lot of fun because he had separate interactions between uh, each uh, group. Yeah, Danielson interacting with Casignoli, Sammy Guevara versus Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho. They had a little bit of a, a falling out at some at one point in the match, and uh, there was a point where Jericho's getting hit with yes kicks by uh, Danielson. Jericho and Guevara are both getting hit by yes kicks. Guevara guy, I think as we. I'm not the biggest fan of him. I'm not personally, but he got a, he had a great opportunity to show off here. Hit some great moves. He almost beat Jer- pinned Jericho, which was a cool little storytelling element in the match. Um, there was a point where Jericho was covering off a uh, submission attempt. He was covering one of the combatants, which was kind of an interesting thing. Um, Claudio had a sharpshooter on at one point, and then uh, Jared, uh, Danielson had a uh, had the LaBelle lock locked in at one point. And, uh, well, Classignoli, if you were following, you've been following, Classignoli made Jericho tap recently on Dynamite, and that was uh, kind of neat. At the, that they, they add those little storytelling pieces. It was kind of a typical formula where there's two guys fighting in the ring at one time while two others sit out. But there was plenty of interaction between all the four of the competitors, and it personally was my uh, favorite match, one of my favorite matches of the night. At this point, it was my favorite match. Um, Claudio, at one point, outside of the ring, catches Danielson outside and hits the neutralizer on the floor. There was a shooting star pressed by Sammy onto Claudio. Then a pop-up uppercut onto Sammy for yet another two-count back in the ring. Uh, Claudio looking for the recoil bomb. bomb. Uh, Sammy with a roll-up using the rope for another two-count. Then uh, Claudio hits the giant swing. A leaping Judas effect. Didn't quite hit the mark initially. Hit him in the gut. Then he hits another Judas effect to retain. But uh, at this point, it was my favorite match of the night. And I just like that they got separate interactions between each of the teams. And uh, hopefully this is a wrap-up of this Blackpool Combat Club uh, JAS storyline because it's been going on for six plus months now. It's time to end it. It's just time to end it. And well, we may see in the, seeing the end of the Blackpool Combat Club 
thanks to what we saw later in the show. But And uh, Jericho retaining here, it was fine. Um, you hope it ends here sometime soon, but I, I get they're trying to tell a certain story where some savior will defeat Jericho to become Ring of Honor World Champion. I kind of wish it was Daniel Garcia at a certain point, but we'll probably find out more coming up with Final Battle next month. And uh, Sorry, guys. I'm just fighting this cold still for that it's been fighting for, for about a month. So bear with me here. After that, we get Soraya's... Soraya. <laughs> Not Soraya. Soraya's return, formerly known as Paige, versus Britt Baker. And uh, this was just kind of a basic match. They went a little, like I said, again, again, I'm gonna, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here. They went a little bit too much overboard with the finishers, the finisher kickouts. They kind of repeated stuff at the end of this match with Soraya and Britt. They kind of, like, rehashed like the the latter like the last third of the match like twice it felt kind of odd on the uh it was just kind of weird timing on it but uh Soraya hits rampage on Brit a second time to get the win it actually hits 3 she hit two, one early and then two more late and i thought it was a solid match for her return and uh Yeah, just the ending felt sort of odd. But I like the story that they were telling with Soraya's back being in the ring, the attacking of the neck. But uh, I'm very happy to see her back and uh, looking forward to see what she does in AEW moving forward. And uh, Soraya got very emotional afterward, which is completely understandable if you've been gone for pretty much over five and a half years or so. Up next was... The big meaty men slapping meat match. The TNT title match. Powerhouse Hobbs. Pow, 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 powerhouse. Powerhouse Hobbs, Samoa Joe, and Wardlow. And these dudes just went at it. They just beat the crap out of one another. They, like I said, they, these guys were going to go at it super hard. This is like a shorter match. It was more of a sprint. And it's just a badass hoss fight. Wardlow hit a swanton at one point. He, Wardlow actually hit a wild whisper in the wind at one point. It was nuts. He hit it on uh, Hobbs and Joe. He hit a swanton, and then Joe hit a senton. This match is nuts. This match is nuts, and it was a surprising finish because we saw we saw a new TNT champion crown, and now Joe's the double champ, Ring of Honor TV champ, and the TNT champ. So that's wild. And Powerhouse Hobbs, man, he got the showcase here. He pounced Joe into the guardrail. I was like, my lord. It was it was it was a physical physical match. Uh Wardlow went for the uh Powerbomb Symphony. He hits the third one, goes for the fourth one. Joe hits Wardlow with the belts thanks to the triple threat rules. Walks in the key and clutch on Hobbs. Hobbs passes out. Joe is double champ. As you know, Joe turned heel recently, turning on uh, Wardlow. And now, Joe is double champ. Joe is double champ. That's the second title change. Actually, not... Yeah, it's the... Uh, not, this is the first title change on this show. 
the first of three title changes we saw on this show. But I thought this was an awesome Haas fight. Some people didn't like it as much as I did. I love this. I thought Hobbs didn't lose a whole lot here, really, but others did. But I thought Haas looked good. Everyone looked good in this match. But I thought Hobbs really stood out. Had a great showing. Um, after that, we get Jericho and Ishii. Find out that Jericho and Ishii will face off. Tomohiro Ishii will pass off in a ring of... Fa- not pass off. Face off in a Ring of Honor World Championship match. This week on Dynamite. Pig match set up. As uh, Ishii was apparently Jericho's young boy back when he, was, when he was working in war in Japan. For war in Japan and... Uh, if you don't know what that means, is wrestling and romance. That's what uh, Jericho, where Jericho was working. One of the places Jericho worked in the uh, mid-90s before becoming a mainstream star in WCW and uh, WWE. But then we find out that Hager and Orange Cassidy will have an All-Atlantic Championship match set up. They set, a match, they set up their match there too as well. As uh, Hager was asking, Cassidy was in the backpack. And then he showed him the title in the backpack, and then Hager was they make uh, Cassidy made a comment about Hager's hat, which it was a lot of fun there. Up next, we got a no DQ no count out match between Sting and Darby Allen versus and uh, and Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. And uh, Sting, Sting wrestles in many many outfits. He was wrestling in street clothes here. This man is. 60, what, 63 years old, diving off of stuff. He did a crossbody off the, the, the off the steps. Saddam Singh looked the best he's had looked all, all uh, throughout his time in AEW. Looked like an absolute, absolute beast. He choke slammed Sting at one point. This is a, this is a fun match. Jarrett hit lethal. Not hit lethal, but he hit Darby in the back with the guitar, which looked absolutely rough. They got a little cute late in this match. Excuse me. Um, as uh, Sting was, as Lethal was going for the lethal injection, Sting was trying to catch him in a scorpion death drop. It didn't work out. But Darby hit the coffin drop to get the win. I thought it was a fun brawl. And Jeff Jarrett, man, I gotta say, Jeff Jarrett is ageless. Jeff Jarrett is freaking ageless. Guy looks the same as he did in 2011, which is incredibly weird to say, but he does. One thing I really liked about this match was the Scorpion Death Drop Coffin Drop combo. As they had a Sting had Sotnam Singh set up, and he couldn't bring him down, drive him down for the Scorpion Death Drop. So he's sitting Darby up top, and Darby hit the Coffin Drop. Which made for a cool combo finisher. Hopefully they go back to that in the future. Because that was that was a lot of fun. After that we got the best match of the night in my opinion. Best match of the night. AEW interim's, interim world women's world championship match. Between Tony Storm the defending champ. Against Jamie Hayter. As they were all. Everyone was clamoring. Not everyone. But most of the population I would assume was clamoring. For Jamie Hayter to win the world champion, the women's world championship, at least the interim. It should be. It shouldn't be an interim anymore. It should be war, women's world championship. You should be. She should be the champ, champ. But man, these women killed it. This set 
the precedent. This set the standard for AEW women's matches moving forward. Like this, it, this it's got to be this good. This is this is how high the bar is set. You got to meet this or exceed this. Because I know AEW's women's division gets a lot of flack at times for the uh, lack of quality. And this was, I, I dare I say, this is the best women's match they've ever had. And I'd say this is counting the uh, lights-out match between Baker and Rosa. It's, I think it's better. Wrestling-wise, this was a pure wrestling match. Had shenanigans in it. We saw Rebel. We saw Britt get involved. I wasn't the biggest fan of that, but the stuff between the ropes outside of that was great. It was just, these women went at it, went at it hard. This was... This was this was a stiff match. These women went at it, and man, did they deliver a hell, hell of a match. But Storm kept kicking out, showing up for resilience after so many uh, interference attempts by Britt and uh, Rebel. Um, so their turnbuckle pad came off as Hater got thrown into the corner where Baker was holding the belt. Storm gets thrown into an exposed turnbuckle. Hater hits Haterade. I love that name of the finisher, which is her ripcord lariat, and wins the Women's World Championship, the interim Women's World Championship. But my lord, what an awesome match. Like, I didn't like this shenanigan so much, but I get why they did it. Hopefully we get a rematch out of this. Storm actually bled in this match uh, through her nose and stuff. But these women... It was hard-hitting. This was one of the hardest-hitting matches, if not the hardest-hitting match of the entire pay-per-view. I, I would I would say this was the hardest-hitting match of the pay-per-view, and these women deserve all the credit in the world because they went out and absolutely killed it. They absolutely killed it. And the crowd loved this match. As I said, it's, this is the standard. This is the standard moving forward for AEW women's matches. Because this was the best one I've seen since the company's inception in 2019. Following that... <clears throat> following that is the semi-main event between Swerve and Our Glory and The Acclaimed. This is part three of their series. The Acclaimed, the defending tag champions. Anthony Bowen's coming in with an injury to his shoulder... And this is a pretty solid match. This is not the best of their three matches. I'd still say, I'd say their match, their first match, where they didn't win the titles back at all out, was their best match. The these uh, these two teams matches, but uh, they finally closed a chapter on the story between Swerve and Lee as a. Uh, Lee will ended up walking out on Swerve Strickland late because he would not use the pliers to uh, mess with the fingers for the uh, scissoring as they do with Mr. Daddy Ass, Billy Gunn, who came out in this match at one point because Swerve got the, uh, the uh, pliers out.
But uh, Lee does throw the pliers away late in the match, walks out on him. Bowens was selling his uh, injured shoulder quite, quite well in this match. And got a satisfying finish. We close a chapter on this rivalry, but... Claim hits the combo finisher on Swerve to retain the title. As I said, it wasn't their best match, but still a good tag. And we finally get to see Lee walking out on Swerve as there was a heel-face tag dynamic with Swerve playing the heel and Keith Lee playing the babyface. Still a fun match, not their best, but we got a conclusion to the story. Up next, the main event. John Moxley defending the AEW World Championship against MJF in one of, I'd say, one of the biggest matches in the company's history. Because Moxley was the guy there when he, he was the pandemic champion. He's always been reliable. He is their ace. He is AEW's ace. He is when he's there when he needs them, when they need him. And, uh. This is just a great match. A lot of great storytelling in the match. Shenanigans always getting involved. Shenanigans always happening, especially in an MJF match. You know that's coming at some point. MJF, was he going to turn a new leaf? Was he actually going to stick to his bi- stick to being a possible babyface, not use the dynamite diamond ring? He didn't use it in this match, but uh, MJF did a great job of selling his knee. Uh, he got pile-driven through a table on the outside. There was two ref bump, two ref bumps at one point, and uh, and that was kind of what led us to our surprising finish, as a uh, Mox gets screwed over by William Regal. MJF was going to use the dynamite diamond ring, he didn't. He didn't pull the trigger on it after uh, MJF pulls Bryce in front of Mox, and he knocks Mox ro- knocks Remsburg down. MJF pulls out the diamond ring as we were as I was referencing. Regal instructs MJF to put the ring down. He does, but and flips off Regal. Mox then chokes out MJF. And they use the high, Piper Art spot where uh, he runs off the top rope and kind of stacks Mox. MJF does. Mox does kick out. Now Turner, who got brought back out, gets taken out. And then Mox locks in the bulldog choke. And Remsburg is still out as MJF is tapping. Then Regal tells Mox to grab the official sneakily. Then Regal sneakily throws in, throws MJF the brass knucks. And MJF clocks Mox. Dastardly little freaking pest. Puts them in the drunks, drapes his hand over Mox for the three count. And I got to say this, Pro Wrestling Finesse tweeted this out, and it was very fitting. Quote, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Regal is the devil. We got the old devil and the new devil working together. And now the new devil is AEW World Champion, which this makes for must-watch TV on Wednesday. This is something that you're like, why are they going to follow up with this? How are they going to follow up with this? How is this? What? What? What's going to happen? That kills the future of the Blackpool Combat Club because that's Regal's faction. He just turned on it. He just turned on them. They're not Blackpool anymore because that's Regal's hometown. And 
or you'll no longer a part of the faction. He's working with MJF now. He's working in cahoots with MJF. Yeah, you got to tune in Wednesday now. AEW Dynamite is appointment appointment television from now in the near future. Now through whatever MJF loses the world championship. It's it's appointment television because you don't know what's going to happen. But MJF is the biggest villain in pro wrestling. And it was executed brilliantly. All the, the entire thing was executed expertly. And uh and it's gonna be great it's gonna be great stuff with the Regal MJF dynamic. There's a lot of different storytelling elements too. Uh MJF and the firm, all that sort of stuff, because uh Ethan Page is gonna be in the uh number one contenders match, the Eliminator Final. Excuse me, coming up on Wednesday. But now we have the twenty six year old as world champion, AEW's youngest world champion in history, one of the best all-around performers in the business. He doesn't wrestle all that often, but man, his track record of great matches is ridiculous at this point. He already had a great he had a great match with Mox back in 2020. And he had another great match just now. Just this this past Saturday. My lord. And I, I loved it because MJF came in here as the babyface, the complete babyface. Not so much afterward. He motorboated one of the women on uh, ringside. That was kind of a funny thing, but but yeah. Mock's not giving two craps about the crowd, but MJF, that Newark, New Jersey crowd. I don't know, man. That's that's gonna be interesting moving forward with uh, MJF, the 26-year-old world champion. The post-media scrum, the, the the media scrum, MJF, man, that he killed it. No one can touch him on the mic or in the ring, and I, I, it's 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 tough to say not. It's tough to it's tough to argue with it. He said that during the media scrum, and then he closed it out saying, "Thank you, f you, bye." Gosh, he is so good. He's not even hit his prime yet. He hasn't even hit his prime yet. He's twenty six years old. This is insane. Gosh, this pay-per-view overall, man, brought me back in. I, now I need to see Dynamite every Wednesday. For some reason, I just couldn't get to watching uh, AEW Dynamite recently, but now this they just brought me back in. It has brought me back in, and I, I'm excited to tune in moving forward, seeing what they follow up with uh, here this week. And then uh, MJF's reign moving forward. Who's going to be the guy to unseat him? How long of a reign we're gonna see? Will we see from MJF? Who knows? But man, this was one of the best pay per views I've seen from AEW. I've watched every one of AEW's pay per views, and except the uh, Double or Nothing 2021, that's the only one I've never watched. I didn't watch. But outside of that, I've watched every single one, and this has got to be up there in the, at least top three or so, top three or four, because this was. Really, really good. There was only one match that really I didn't like in the, on the show, and that was the Jade Nyla match. Outside of that, everything was pretty enjoyable. There was fun to be had with all these kinds of matches. They had different flavors. You had Haas fights. You had brutal steel cage matches. You had physical wars like the AEW Women's World Championship match and uh, and the AEW World Championship match. You got Eddie Kingston and... Uh, Akiyama on the uh, zero hour portion of it. These, these, there was plenty of great stuff. Cause I, 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 there was four or five matches I really, really enjoyed, and uh, 
I did enjoy Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus in the Steel Cage match, MJF Mox, the four-way ROH World title match, the ROH TV title triple threat, the trios title match, and Akiyama Kingston. They were all great. But if I were to rank a, if I were to rank all three uh, AEW, if I were to rank uh, my top three matches, if I were to rank my top three matches from AEW Full Gear 2022, they would go in this order: the uh, Ring of Honor World Title Four Way at uh, number three, at number two, Moxley MJF, MJF, and at number one. At number one, Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter. Those three matches were great. All of them were great. This whole show was great. Fantastic freaking show. This is a return to form for AEW. Punk's presence did not feel missed on this show. And uh, I don't think they'll need him moving forward. I liked it when it when he was brought in initially. And then... After the uh, all-out thing, this this pay-per-view proves they don't need Punk. It really does. So, but yeah, all this was this was a great show. Return to form by AEW. AEW Full Gear, definitely, definite two thumbs up from me. If you haven't already, make sure to check it out. Buy the buy the. uh, I don't know what whatever they call it, whatever the words for it. Rewatch it, relive it. Great stuff from AEW. Looking forward to AEW television moving forward. And uh, the finish of the main event, of course, makes me want to tune in that much more. And we'll see what the MJF era looks like. But uh, looking forward to doing more episodes of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show in the future. Got a, got a few ideas in mind of what topics we're going to be covering not going to unveil those right now, but uh, hopefully you are looking forward to them as much as I am. I will let you know in the near future. What they are, maybe a return to Deathmatch December. December, we did that last year, enjoyed that. Maybe some profiles on some professional wrestlers saying if we like them or not. J.O., hopefully we'll bring him, hopefully we'll be back on the show here soon. Maybe we'll talk about our AEW Dynamite experience coming up here in a few weeks. Lots of opportunities, lots of options to talk about here on Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. So to find out what we'll be covering moving forward, make sure to stay, make sure to uh, check us out on Twitter, Sig Daddy Wrestle, at Sig Daddy Wrestle on Twitter, as well as Facebook at Sig Daddy Wrestle and on Instagram at Sig Daddy.Wrestle, TikTok, Sig Daddy Wrestle. And you can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast, whether that be Podbean, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your dang podcast. Make sure to knife edge chop that uh, subscribe button to uh, hear all episodes of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. Until next time, this is Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund signing off, thanking you all for listening and saying so long, everybody.